the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. By the Law Office of Robert Bergman. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Bob Bergman here broadcasting from my office here in San Jose near the Westgate Shopping Center. If you know that area, I'm in West San Jose, close to the Saratoga border. Um, I have a number of things to cover today, but first of all, I wanted to let you know that uh, you can call in to the show if you have questions and you'd like to ask an attorney on the air a question that you have in the area of estate planning. The number is 800-516-1220. You can also email me at radio at lawbob.com. That's L-A-W-B-O-B dot com. And uh, I want to let you know that I do have my some of my seminars coming up here in this new month of November, including tomorrow morning in my office at 9 a.m. here in San Jose, my Living Trust Seminar, and then at 11 o'clock, going till about 12.15, my Retirement Plan Trust Seminar, which is a seminar I only do a few times a year, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, that deals with how to do estate planning for retirement plans like 401ks, IRAs, and similar. Uh, if you have one of those and if you're worried about how to pass it on to the next generation and what might be the best way to do that, that would be a great seminar to attend. Space is limited. You can go through my website at lawbob.com or you can visit Eventbrite and type in the Living Trust Seminar or the Retirement Plan Trust Seminar, and that will take you to the various dates and times that I have for those coming up. Now, recently I was was talking with another attorney, and we got talking about the issues that arise today with estate plans that were done several years ago, maybe, you know, as recently as 10 years ago, but certainly 15, 20, 25 years ago. And I'm specifically talking about estate plans that were done by married couples here in the state of California. Now, back in the early days of the federal estate tax, which is the wealth transfer tax imposed by the federal government on the estates of people who die here in the United States. Back in the early days of the federal estate tax, I was actually just starting to practice law when a new federal estate tax law went into effect here. And it was the Economic Recovery Tax Act. It was pushed through and signed by then-President Reagan. And one of the things that it did was put in an exclusion from the federal estate tax of a specific dollar amount of estate 
where there'd be no tax um, applied to it. It started out at $200,000 of estate. And given that we're talking um, about 36 years ago, that was actually a pretty substantial amount. That would cover the entire estate of many people living in certain parts of the United States and actually covered a pretty decent amount even for people living here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, when it first went into effect, it was 200000 Then the exclusion was increasing year over year, went from two to three to four to five to 600000 It was then scheduled to move up to 700000 but Congress came back and froze it at $600,000. It stayed $600,000 for about 11 years. Then Congress changed the law again, and it started moving up, and it went up to a million and a million and a half, then two million, then three and a half million, then five, and so on. And today, that exclusion per person dying who's eligible, which is basically a U.S. citizen, U.S. tax resident, which could be a permanent resident of the country who pays taxes here, it's now $11.18 million. And uh, in January, this upcoming January, it will go up to some higher amount, maybe another $100,000, $150,000, something like that. We don't know yet what the new number will be. Now, I bring this all up and give you a little history of the estate tax because back in the 19, uh, 1990s and even the 2000s, when I was early on in my practice, for married couples, Trust attorneys such as myself would do a specific type of planning, which we generally call the AB Marital Trust. Now, the AB Marital Trust works like this. Husband and wife own property together. Here in California, often community property, which is property owned by the marriage, by both husband and wife together. They would create one trust, a joint trust, living trust, transfer all their community property into that trust and then provide that at the death of the first spouse, you take the share of the community property and any separate property that that spouse may have owned either before the marriage or inherited during the marriage or similar, and you would put their property in a B trust. Notice I said AB, this is the B trust. The B trust is an irrevocable trust set up to provide typically income and principal in the trust to or for the benefit of the surviving spouse, but the surviving spouse doesn't actually own the property in the B trust. It's the property that came from the spouse that died first. Now, the reason we did the B trust, which is sometimes called the bypass trust, is because any property that went in there was intended to use the federal estate tax exclusion amount from taxation of the spouse that just died. Now, 20 years ago, the exclusion was about $600,000. And here in the Bay Area, there were lots of people, lots of married couples that had estates that were more than $600,000. It would be very possible for someone to or for a couple to have a house worth $400,000 and have another half a million dollars in life insurance and $200,000 in retirement plans and then stocks and bonds and mutual funds and checking accounts. You get the picture. 
So back then, because many families had an eight or $900,000 estate, if we did a plan that just left everything from one spouse to the surviving spouse, now that surviving spouse owned everything. And then when the surviving spouse died with a lower exclusion than the value of the estate, the excess amount was subject to the federal estate tax. And that started typically at about 18% and went up from there. Well, you can see that even an eight or $900,000 estate, we'd want to split it because anything that was put into the B trust plus any future appreciation in the value of what went into the B trust would not be part of the taxable estate of the surviving spouse when the surviving spouse died. So we did A-B marital trusts all the time, even for people who weren't quite at that threshold of $600,000, because the idea was, well, you're going to live several years. Your estate's going to go up in value, and at some point it may likely exceed that 600000 and we want to make sure that we don't end up accidentally causing an estate tax when the survivor dies. Now, if we fast forward to today, you're going to find out that the AB trust for most families, most married couples, is not only overkill, it actually can create serious tax problems for the family when the surviving spouse dies. Now, after the break, which is coming up, I'm going to come back and I'm going to outline that for you because if you have one of these trusts, it's probably time to have it reviewed and see if it still makes sense to do that kind of living trust planning. I'll tell you about the different planning I do for most of those families and how it works a lot better today than the old seconds. plan that they have from the past. So the number 800-516-1220 if you want to call later in the show and ask something on the air. Radio at Law Bob, and uh, I'll be coming back shortly after the break. So until then, uh, stay tuned for the solution to the AB Marital Trust. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. Before the break, I was talking about the um, older style living trust planning that a lot of married couples did here in California called the AB Marital Trust. Uh, I didn't explain what the A portion is. The A portion of the trust represents the property that was owned by the surviving spouse of the couple, and it typically would go into this A trust, what I call the survivor's trust. Strange enough, it's a surviving trust uh, spouse's property. And it was typically a revocable trust so that the surviving spouse could actually make changes to the terms of the trust, distribution, things like that. Whereas the B trust or the bypass trust um, was set up so that it was irrevocable and typically changes could not be made. It was set up for the purpose of bypassing the estate taxable estate of the surviving spouse. Now, back 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, like I said, many estates were uh, just above the what was then the $600,000 limit on uh, when you actually got taxed. But now, today, we have over $11 million. And, and what we have is many thousands, maybe tens of thousands 
of trusts, and this is not just here in California, but throughout the country, probably hundreds of thousands of trusts set up by couples that were designed with this AB marital trust format. Well, as you can see, if you're a married couple today and you have a couple million dollar estate, maybe your house here in Santa Clara Valley is eight or nine hundred thousand dollars and you've got some life insurance and you have some investments and together it's about two million dollars. Well, <clears throat> it doesn't make a lot of sense to take that two million dollars and divide it into two pieces after the first spouse dies. Um, it, it generally doesn't make sense. There may be non-tax reasons to do it, like asset protection, things like that. But for the estate tax, it makes no sense at all because that estate is well below the amount where the estate tax would actually apply. And what this means is that a couple that has an AB marital trust and one of them passes away, by the terms of the trust, the survivor has to divide the property into two pieces, one a revocable piece, one an irrevocable piece. And the irrevocable piece, the B trust or bypass trust, actually becomes a separate taxpayer as well and has to start filing tax returns. So that's another tax return burden for the surviving spouse. And in the vast majority of cases that I see today, it is completely unnecessary. Here's the problem, though. A lot of spouses, when their first spouse dies, the survivor doesn't realize they have an AB trust. They just assumed, wrongfully, that when the first spouse died, everything just passes to them as the survivor, and now it's all their property. That is often not the case if you have one of these AB marital trusts. Half the property is not your property. It's property that is for your use and benefit, but it doesn't belong to you. But a lot of people will treat it as if it belongs to them. They'll go out, refinance a house. They'll buy things. They'll give property away, give money away, all kinds of things, not realizing that they're acting contrary to the terms of the trust. What happens in that situation is when the surviving spouse dies, sometimes having redone the whole trust, not realizing that they could only redo half of what was in the trust. The family then finds out coming to someone like me that, you know what, we have to administer this trust as if the first trust was actually created and funded with property in it. So we're going to have to take half of the property that's owned today allocate it to a bypass trust that was never created, but at least created on paper. And then we have to report to the IRS if something's sold, especially if it's something like real estate or stocks or bonds or mutual funds, report to the IRS what the value of that share in the bypass trust was when the first spouse died. That's what's called your cost basis. So you actually can end up with a trust like this losing income tax benefits for the survivors, for the kids, for the kids, for the grandchildren, because they actually, instead of having things passed on completely income tax-free, as well as completely estate tax-free, they find that they're going to probably owe some income tax on the half of mom and dad's home that was supposed to be in the bypass trust or should have been in the bypass trust. And the IRS takes position if you didn't set it up and put it in 
back when the first spouse died, then literally half of everything that's owned today has to be allocated to the bypass trust and the other half to the survivor's trust, which means there's often adverse income tax consequences for not doing the administration in the first place and then for now having to administer both deaths at the same time. Now, people will ask me sometimes, well, Bob, what if we had this done? I have people come in and maybe they're surviving wife, surviving husband, and they have one of these trusts. And I sit down, I read it, say, do you realize that we have to divide this now that your spouse has died? It's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, it says that there is an A trust and a B trust, a survivor's trust and a bypass trust. And they said, I had no idea. Was that ever explained to you? Not really. I find a lot of times people didn't have their attorney explain to them just what that all meant. So what happens is they realize, well, gosh, we don't want to do this. And sometimes the kids are in there and they say, well, that makes no sense. Mom shouldn't have to divide things up between two trusts and have to worry about keeping separate accounts and separate separate books and records and all that. That makes no sense at all. So is there anything we can do to fix this? And I say, yes, there is. In fact, um, I'm working on right now, I'm developing an actual seminar. Two minutes. That is going to be specifically about how to fix broken living trusts and estate plans after someone has died. But uh, what I'm going to do on the show today is um, when we come back after the uh, the mid-show break, I'm going to go into some detail about a special tool that attorneys such as me can use in the court system called a Hegstat petition. Now, if you've been listening to my show for uh, the last few months or so, you've heard about Hegstat petitions before. Um, excuse me, not a Hegstat petition. Cancel that. Um, a probate code 15404 modification petition. See, I talk about Hegstats all the time, and I even tricked myself. No, a special procedure where you can go through the court system and actually ask the court for permission to modify an A-B trust up to and including removing entirely the requirement that the B or bypass trust be created and be funded with anything. So we're coming up on the mid-show break. And uh, after the break, I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you more about these modification petitions, uh, that how I do them and how it might help you or someone in your family. Uh, you can give me a call at 800-516-1220 if you have 30 a situation seconds. like this. I'd be happy to chat with you about that on the line. No names, of course. Or you can email me at radio at lawbob.com. So after the mid-show break, I'll come back and talk about how we can fix those broken living trusts that were set up 15, 20, 30 years ago. Talk with you then. Now, back to Plan Your Zeal. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. Before the break, I was talking about um, AB marital trusts, and a lot of people have them, uh, both in California and throughout the country, For as a matter of fact. They were set up primarily 
uh, because the federal estate tax exclusion amount a long time ago was $600,000. And that that was enough to cover the uh, estates of many people throughout the country. But here in California, in the Bay Area, we have these high property values that often made it very, very difficult to have an estate that was under the $600,000. I mean, and uh, areas down here in Santa Clara County, if you went into Los Gatos or Saratoga or Almaden Valley or in Willow Glen, for example, Los Altos, places like that, you had houses that were worth more than that even 25, 30 years ago. And then people often had life insurance, maybe a lot of life insurance, and uh, we did special planning for life insurance as well because sometimes you'd want to get it out of the taxable estate. But today with an $11 plus million dollar exclusion per person, that's per husband, per spouse, um, per husband, wife, per spouse, each spouse, um, what you're looking at there is that um, these types of plans really made no sense anymore. Now, people come to me sometimes. It's like a spouse has passed away. Uh, they come in and they bring in a plan that was drafted for them 25 years ago. And it says um, divide between an A and a B trust, a survivor's trust and a bypass trust. And uh, sometimes the whole family comes in with mom or with dad and they say, gosh, do we have to do this? Is there something other than this that we can do? And I say, yes, there is. We can actually go into a section of the probate code um, that is called uh, probate code section 15403. 15403 of the probate code basically says that uh, with some exceptions, if all the beneficiaries of an irrevocable trust consent, they may petition the court to modify or terminate, meaning end the trust. Now, the B trust in an AB marital trust is an irrevocable trust. And if the overall trust says create that B trust and put property into it, the property of the deceased spouse, that means that is a command to do that by the terms of the trust. That means the B trust becomes irrevocable the moment one spouse dies. So the question is, can we go into court and ask the court for permission to modify the trust so that there's no longer any requirement to create that B or bypass trust and put property into it? And the answer is, yes, there is. It's a petition under probate code section 15403, which the title says, Modification or Termination of Irrevocable Trust by All Beneficiaries. Now, at that time, the beneficiaries, first of all, the primary beneficiary of a B or bypass trust is typically going to be the surviving spouse who will typically get income and principal as needed. And you might say, well, then that's the person who can petition, right? That's not all. The other beneficiaries of an irrevocable trust are those people named as what we call the remainder beneficiaries. In other words, who's going to get the property in that trust when the surviving spouse dies? And that's typically the kids, maybe the grandkids, maybe a favorite niece or nephew, maybe siblings, whoever it happens to be, they are what we call the remainder beneficiaries. So they have to agree to this as well. 
Why do remainder beneficiaries have to agree? Because if they go into court and say, Judge, we want you to cancel the requirement to create this B trust, this bypass trust, and have everything just go to the A trust, the survivor's trust, that means that those remainder beneficiaries are, in fact, giving up the vested right to receive the property of the bypass trust when the surviving spouse tries dies. I always explain this to a surviving spouse and to the children. I say, this is the deal. Um, if we do this, then mom can decide in the future that if she doesn't love you anymore or like you anymore, she can decide to live, leave everything she has to Shih Tzu Rescue. It's actually an inside joke of my wife and I. It kind of comes out of uh, a movie called Best in Show by Christopher Guest. If you've ever seen that, you know that there's a couple there that actually uh, show Shih Tzus, which, of course, very expensive dogs. And to me, the whole notion of a rescue organization for Shih Tzus is pretty funny because they are actually thoroughbreds and very expensive. But mom could decide she wants to create a charity called Shih Tzu Rescue and leave everything there and nothing to the kids. So that's the downside of going into court and asking for a modification like this to remove the requirement of actually creating a B-trust or bypass trust. But you know what? At the same time, we might also want to look at, are there other things that should be in that trust today that weren't in the original trust? For example, what would you think about modifying the trust, not only to have everything go to mom in her A trust, but how about modifying the trust so that when mom dies, this is something mom could do after everything goes to her, so that when mom dies, everything goes on to the children in trust, in an irrevocable trust for each of them that provides asset protection for each of them for their inheritance. So they don't actually own their inheritance, but they get the use and benefit, kind of like a bypass trust, but it is protected from their personal finances, their personal relationships, their failed business ventures, the accidents they cause on the freeway because they're texting while driving and don't notice that traffic stopped and boom, they cause a rear-end collision, a bunch of people are injured from their personal bankruptcies, from malpractice claims, if they're in a profession where they can be sued for malpractice. This is what I call in my practice castle trust planning, building a castle around the inheritance so it's protected from all those things and people in someone's life that might try to come and take their inheritance away. So that's another modification. What do you think about a modification that requires a child's spouse or fiancé to enter into a marital property agreement before the child can take money out of a trust like this? And the marital property agreement would say, hey, look, you can never claim any part of the property in this trust now and in the future, no matter what. You have to give up all claims to it. And if the if the child wants to use some of it to help out his or her family, the other spouse can say, hey, look, hey, look, it's really part of our marriage and drag it in there in a dissolution of the marriage. To me, that's a big deal. I'm one of those fathers that uh, 
even though my daughters are still quite young, they're only 10 and 10, I don't trust the boys that want to marry my girls someday. So I'm going to make sure that their inheritance goes in such a way that it's protected from those boys that I don't trust and other things that could come against them in our lives. So this kind of petition can not only modify um, the trust to get rid of a uh, of a bypass trust, but another thing is it might want to keep the bypass trust but modify the bypass trust by adding in some other features that can be beneficial from an income tax standpoint later on when the surviving spouse dies. So there's a lot of things you can do with these kind of trust modification petitions, and I probably do a half a dozen or so a year. Um, I would easily be able to do 15 or 20 a year if people came to me and said they needed this assistance. Um, Right now, I really only assist people in Santa Clara County, but um, I would consider um, probably San Mateo County and uh, possibly even Placer County, where I actually have done some work. Um, But the bottom line is there is a way to fix this trust that is broken not because it was wrong when it was created and it was broken was created. It's broken because the law changed and the reason for the trust has gone away. There's no estate tax problem anymore. There may be non-tax reasons to still keep the B trust or bypass trust, mainly for asset protection purposes, things like that. Maybe because the beneficiaries of that trust are the deceased spouse's own children whereas the beneficiaries of the A trust are the surviving spouse's children, which could be different children. We have blended marriages a lot, uh, Brady Bunch families, as as we sometimes call them here in the estate planning community, where uh, where one spouse has kids and the other spouse has a different set of kids. And you know what? Sometimes they have children together. So you could have his kids, her kids, their kids, or her kids, her kids, their kids, his kids, his kids, their kids. Whatever the configuration happens to be, uh, you can have that situation. Then you might actually have a bypass trust and keep it because you want to protect the inheritance of one set of children from either intentionally or accidentally being left to the other set of children. Which, by the way, without any planning at all, that's going to be the likely result. Whosoever kids are the kids of the surviving spouse probably going to get everything. So if you're in one of those situations, it's time to address that, uh, the elephant in the room, and make sure that families don't unintentionally or intentionally get disinherited. So uh, we're coming up on the, the third break for the show. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this and then maybe cover some questions and comments from around the state. Uh, You can call me at 800-516-1220. Happy to take your question on the air in the last segment of the show. So until uh, a few minutes from now, we'll come back. And this is attorney Bob Bergman, your host. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back. So before the break, I was talking about um, modification of a trust that was set up a long time ago, an AB marital trust, and uh, some of the things that can be done. What I suggest to people is 
if they have one of these kinds of trusts that they did a long time ago, the time to have it reviewed and modified to bring it more into line with what likely would be the best thing to do is before somebody dies. Because if you wait until one spouse has died, then you're going to pay somebody like me to basically redo the estate plan the way it should have been and also pay me to go to court to have the changes you want to make approved by the court. So that's kind of like paying me twice when the problem could be solved up front by doing uh, by rewriting the trust now instead of waiting and essentially rewriting it after someone has died. Now, I promised I would tell you the type of planning that I think works best now for the vast majority of people, and it's a type of trust for married couples that's called the spousal option or disclaimer trust. And this is how it works. You have the the property held in trust. One spouse dies. Typically, the deceased spouse's share of property will either go directly to the surviving spouse, that's the A trust, or it might be directed into a C trust, which is called a marital Q-tip trust, qualified terminal interest property. Don't worry, there will not be a quiz on that. And that's an irrevocable trust to benefit the surviving spouse, but it has different tax treatment when the surviving spouse dies. We might do that to make sure that an inheritance is preserved that person's um, own children. But the disclaimer spousal option says that everything goes to, say, the surviving spouse, to the A-trust. But if the surviving spouse makes a decision to disclaim, which is to say in writing, I don't want to receive some or all of the property coming to me from my spouse that just died, then what happens is that property gets diverted into a bypass trust or B trust. You would typically use the disclaimer if at the time you set up the trust, there was no taxable estate, but maybe the tax law changes and they lower the exclusion, which could happen. Uh, what in, one administration gives, another one can take away in the future. Or there's a sudden um, windfall. Someone wins the lottery or someone's at a startup company. They have founder stock. The IPO hits and it's another Facebook. And all of a sudden, they, they went from a couple million to 25 or 30 million in property, and then a spouse dies. Well, with the disclaimer, the surviving spouse could decide to take the exclusion amount of the first spouse to die and divert it into a bypass trust so that the that value plus any future appreciation is not subject to the federal estate tax when the surviving spouse dies. So it's a way to kind of wait and see whether or not we need to actually create a B trust for estate tax purposes. And if we don't need to, then we don't do it. Um, but if we need to, we have the ability to do it by exercising the disclaimer. Now, one thing to note, though, that a bypass trust created by disclaimer does not repeat does not enjoy any asset protection for the surviving spouse. That's because under the creditor law and the tax law, if the property was entitled to go to the surviving spouse and they choose not to take it, 
they are treated as being the ones actually creating that bypass trust and putting their own property into it. And here in California, with with one major exception, a self-settled trust, meaning a, pro- a trust you set up with your own property, cannot provide any asset protection for you. There is a type of trust that can be set up in California that's an irrevocable trust set up with your own property that can provide asset protection at the same time for that property. I'm not going to talk about that today because I'm in the process of working up a full seminar on that very subject, which I hope to release in the first quarter of um, 2019 and start advertising on my website and at Eventbrite for people who might be interested. Speaking of which, we're coming up on the end of the show today. I want to remind you I do have a Living Trust seminar in my office tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. My office here in San Jose. I have my Retirement Plan Trust seminar starting at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning in my office here in San Jose. Uh, To register, you can go to lawbob.com, follow the links till you find the registration calendar, click on the date and time you want. It will take you to eventbrite.com, or you can go straight to eventbrite.com, look for the Living Trust Seminar, or look for the Retirement Plan Trust Seminar, and the available dates and everything will show up there, and you can register right there. I suggest if you want to come, you register as soon as possible because space is limited, and once it's full, I cannot take any more people If you showed up on a walk-up basis, I could only take you if there's a physical place left for you to sit because my office can only hold about 15 people for these seminars. So I hope you've enjoyed it today. I hope you learned some things today. Uh, This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, Plan Your Estate Radio. Uh, Hopefully some of you will come and see my seminar tomorrow. Uh, Hopefully some of you will contact me at radio at lawbob.com with your questions and comments. And I've enjoyed the show today. I hope you have too. So until next week, this is attorney Bob Bergman. Goodbye and have a great weekend. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, where you'll also find information on his upcoming estate planning seminars, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com, or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.